Camera's off. Oh, yeah, shit. I'm bad. Do I sound like I'm talking to my mic, by the way? Well, no, you do now, but that's a great way to start the show, Paul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, uh, a podcast that Paul started off this week because it's 2021 and it was time to uh, make a change. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul, who has just noticed as Frank is recording the call in the upper left. That yes. It's my bad. No. It was one of those deals where it didn't say anything, and then suddenly it said seven seconds recording, Paul. So I, <laughs> at least from my end, you 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 were not in the wrong. It was Skype. But Skype does so much well for us that I will not offend uh, Bill Gates or his any of his myriad master plans I've been reading about on the internet. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of myriad master plans... Free agency's open, and and uh, and Billy Bean has has done everything except trade Jack Eichel for uh, um, uh, to to bolster the Bills roster here. Uh, Punters, David Brandon Bean has done some stuff in addition well, uh, to Billy Bean, Athletic Federal Badger Billy Bean. I thought yes, that right. was an intentional like reference, like Moneyball. Oh know. yeah. It, Let's let's go like with Brandon being doing his best. Billy Bean is what you meant. Frank. I think, you know, maybe because he's really not we haven't we're not going for the stars this this season. It's It's been a lot of, um, you know, certainly a name or two you'd recognize, but no game breakers. Um, so so perhaps there is an on base percentage aspect to this um, this uh, this uh, free agency season so far. Uh, we're going to talk about them. Um, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to relate to you all the important ways in which they affect the team, uh, down to a microscopic level and, or we're just going to give you some broad strokes and, you know, basically, you know, throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Uh, because it's been, it's been, um, let me start with you, Scott. Let's just do the general impression first. I wouldn't say it's been a busy off season, but I wouldn't say it's been a slow off season for the Bills either. I think maybe, maybe for me, Scott, what what the issue is not the issue. What the difference is is like there's no Stefan Diggs trade right now. There's a lot of guys um, coming yeah. in and out the door, uh, so he's not doing nothing. But it's not like we, you know, I think before we had talked about maybe we need a marquee tight end or maybe we need a marquee defensive end. Uh, but those things haven't happened necessarily. What do you feel the same way or? Yeah, I, I mean, I. So from what I recall of our last conversation, I mean, I, I feel like I was definitely in the we need to keep moving forward with the team. I feel like, Frank, you were you were a little bit on the way there, too, and you were kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think that's the problem is that the, the other shoe never really did drop. Like, yeah, they there was no there was no, you know, uh, second wave guy. There was no, you know, um, big trade that got pulled off. It's really just going to be the draft that's going to improve this team um, and also potentially some sound effects. Yes, I yeah, hope that, everyone likes our new draft sound effect. That's my that's awake text. The draft. Me, and I've now muted that. Oh, yeah, very good. Um, I She has sent me a sweatshirt from Instagram that has a half Starbucks, half Target logo. It says Sips and Trips. And she, as far as she's concerned, this is the official clothing of our family now. So I have now <laughs> muted my phone for this important breaking. I mean, you guys know I like to leave my phone uh, on just in case Adam Schefter texts me in the middle of a podcast. But well, I feel like <laughs> that's why people are coming to the pod. So we got to you know, people are going to want that. Um, that's the best laugh Paul, I've had in two months. OK, thank you. <laughs> Paul, can you see if you can go out and go ahead and just get that ambient fire truck noise pulled up? Oh, yeah. Get that, get that spooled up so that we're ready for when you're talking. 
That's right. I probably don't even need the ambient noise because Lord knows it'll drive by in about five minutes. <laughs> exactly. So just go ahead. And, just go ahead and just dial in. Man on, on the, one right man, now. On the sh- man on yeah. the street. Paul demands. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, finish your thoughts and let's hand it over to Paul to see if he yes. if he has the insane impression or not. Folks, we're in the off season, so go ahead and just drink in this. Uh, this, this by segment. the way, there's, this, there's nowhere to go here. This is already the pandemic. most. This is the most on track podcast we've <laughs> ever had in the off season, and so yeah. count yourself lucky if you're new here. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean that's that's the thing, and and so I will briefly recap my concerns from last time, which is this team was. You can, it, you know, the 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 story of your, you know, the. I hesitate to make a George Orwell reference because apparently it's very a uh, very different. You are you're very hard right here. now. You can you can make it. It's fine. But in 1984, he did make the reference that you know if you control the past, you control the future, and if you control the present, you control the past. If you're the Bills leadership and you think. What happened last season was exactly perfect and you're on the right track, then by definition, you don't need to do that much else. If you look at last season as someone who's expecting the team to win championships, certainly it was a step up. But at the same time, you were 30 points short in the AFC championship game and the team that you lost to was 20 points short in the Super Bowl. So that is not something that you can make up just by standing pat. Um that's and some serious transitive property thinking there, but yes. I, I, I will say that's not, I, I mean, do you feel like it's incorrect? No, I just want to acknowledge it is transitive property, but yes. It is, it is, yeah. And, and yes, and you, I'm sure you could go back in time and find the team that beat the Bucks that the Bills went on and beat earlier in the season and improve the, the reverse. I try to do that right now, but go ahead. <laughs> but but the point is is that um, the gap between this team and the Chiefs was, was pretty evident. Um, the Chiefs, Certainly, you could argue, hopefully, they've, from the Bills' perspective, have taken a step back by losing two of their tackles. They obviously signed Joe Tooney to pick up on the one of the guard spots. So maybe they won't be quite as fearsome next year when Patrick Mahomes is running for his life a bit more. But at the same time, that's a pretty big um, bet to make when you have a finite amount of years of, of Josh Allen, certain at a reasonable cap number, um, that will allow you to kind of build in the rest of the team to support him. Um, before you get into the much more difficult conversations later. So it's not, I'm not, I'm not horrified, obviously, but I I am a little concerned that there wasn't more, um, there wasn't more of an effort to take a, I mean, maybe we tried to take the big swing with JJ Watt and that was it. Um, Maybe there wasn't anyone else who made sense, but, but it's, that's going to be a tough conversation in the off season if we end up short again and we're looking back and we're like, well, yeah, we had that extra corner that might have been the difference in this this you know X Y Z game. So. Mm-hmm. Or if we had a running back that could catch a football. Um, for your for I'm gonna say it every week now. Um, for Devin. For your for your information, the Rams beat the Buccaneers and the Bills beat the Rams. So there you go. Um, but of course that was we could all say that's before the Bucks quote unquote turned it on. Um, Paul, do you feel like it's been a quiet off season or a loud off season or or how how what's your been impression been before we read off the the, the names here. Yeah, it's been a quiet offseason. I think that's tough to argue. When your biggest outside signing is a backup quarterback, that, you know, that that's pretty big. No, your biggest, uh, the biggest guy you signed is someone who you are hoping uh, doesn't take the field until, you know, unless it's a blowout sort of, sort of game, sort of situation. So that was, 
yeah, I think it's undeniably quiet. The transitive property thing is interesting, as uh, Frank and Scott know, I have pasted the NFL 2020 <laughs> circle of parity into our chat box, which that you can do every year, unless there's an 0-16 or 16-0 team, you can always show how every team can beat every other team using the circle of parity. So, yeah, I think they were they weren't quite 30 points short against Kansas City. Scott exaggerated a bit there. I think they lost by 14 in that game, though they were down, I think, by up to 24 up until. Did it feel like 14 or did it feel like 30? It felt like 30. Yeah. So but if we go by what it feels like, I mean, let's not bring feels like into this because, you know, it's a lot of things that, you know, feel a certain way, but aren't. I feel this is something politicians would hash out. But regardless, uh, I'm agreeing. So I don't want to promote too much dispute on this. They did a good job overall of getting the players back aboard that we, you know, that they needed to get back aboard. And we talked about some of them last time. We'll talk about some of them this time that have happened since our last pod. Mm -hmm. They did a good job of getting some supplementary pieces in place uh, to, you know, help out in certain areas. But yeah, it's tough to look at who they add and who they lost and say like, this team is definitely going to be better in 2021. Now the one, you know, point we can make here is, Teams that are successful and maintain continuity and parity tend to continue to be successful as long as their players do not suffer from substantial amounts of aging or regression. You will have some aging, you will have some regression, but the Bills overall were a fairly young team. You had an offensive line that was in kind of its second year together, but not really. Now it'll be going into largely its third year together with limited personnel changes and upgrades. You'll have Josh Allen. We, you know, you can look at Josh Allen. It's not like they upgrade the quarterback position in 2017 and 20, excuse me, in 2018, 2019 by getting a new QB. They just did what they had to do to help that QB develop, some of which is personnel and some of which was his own development. So I think they are depending on the younger core of this team continuing to develop, continuing to make big plays because, yeah, on a straight personnel level, if you go down change by change of additions and subtractions, they did not hit any home runs in free agency and you know they didn't really you know overall become a substantially better team so it looks like they're depending largely on development versus personnel to you know continue further improvement in 2021 well let's go through the list here um and uh we'll, we'll i think i'll read the whole list because i think if and then we'll, we'll you know if we want to take a couple beats on on some of the guys that were most surprised about we can do that too um but i feel like there's certainly a handful of people that were sort of thinking well you know they're gonna they're 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 signing right so i don't know that we need to worry about them necessarily um you've got a quarterback mitchell trubisky who uh i think paul alluded to like maybe the biggest signing certainly a lot of people view him as a substantial backup to josh allen um, if Josh Allen hadn't had, if Josh Allen just hadn't had a near MVP season, I think you'd be worried that Milchertel Trubisky was coming in to steal the job. Um, but he he's he's here to on a one-year deal to prove himself a bit. You've got a uh, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. Yes, that Emmanuel Sanders uh, who was mentioned in the Old Testament. Uh, defensive end Effa Obada. Uh, Matt Hack, Matt Hawk, excuse me, punter uh, replacing Corey Bohorquez. Uh, so thank you, Corey. Uh, Jay Hollister, um, which is sort of like Jay Crew, but a tight end. Uh, running back, Matt Brietta. Linebacker, um, is it Tony Adams? T- who's T. Adams? Ty Adams? 
I was on mute, so I was not doing a good job clarifying. Terrell yeah, Adams. I Terrell believe. Adams, thank you. Um, Markel Lee, linebacker. Uh, King, kickoff returner, Brandon Powell. Offensive lineman, Bobby Hart, um, who was signed just in the last— and we, a couple of these signings have just happened in the last day or two. Yeah, um, some in the last 20 minutes, some in the last 24 hours. Yes, uh, Markel Lee was literally, as we were recording— Paul had to update it. Um, wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie was resigned. Cornerback Levi Wallace was resigned. Uh, Ike Bodiger was resigned at offensive guard. Um, Mr. Jones, uh, Ty- Taiwan Jones, thank you. Taiwan Jones uh, resigned. Um, and then a couple of guys, uh, let, let's go there. Then we'll talk about the people. You know what? Maybe it doesn't make sense unless I re- read the people we lost. Uh, but, you know, Andre Roberts is gone. Tyler Croft is gone in a trade. right? Or no, sorry. Lee Smith is gone in a trade. Tyler Croft wasn't re-signed. Uh, Ty Nishke, um is gone. Um, Delshawn is. Delshawn. Uh, I yeah. wanted to say Deshaun, but it was Delshawn Phillips. <laughs> Brian Winters think, is gone. No, don't help him. I want him to make up the rest of the names. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Bohork was Matt Barkley. Sorry. We were down. And then probably gone is... Uh, TJ Yeldon and Dean Marlowe and Josh Norman. Yes, um, you got them all. Yeah, well, those like those guys are guys who, who played all the time and didn't get lost in in, in a large like line shuffle. Except um, for TJ Yeldon, who will always be living in for me as a man who we chose not to give the ball until the AFC Championship game. Yes, yep. no, right. TJ Yeldon sort of is the he goes he goes so far the other way of like not being used that he he yeah. almost comes back around to like you have to know who TJ Yeldon is because we don't understand what's happening um yeah, tj you played five games this year and we're a healthy scratch in 10 of them and a COVID in the other one why don't you take half the snaps at running back in the afc title uh-huh. game you we should know be that, well rested you know that rookie's really good and he like had a fumble <laughs> but like I, we feel like this is the good time to teach a lesson mother <laughs> anyway um look you can't argue you can argue with success but it's probably not going to get us as far as we'd like um bills replaced their punter who Gosh, help us! He had a great season as a punter. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Bills re- the Bills uh, replaced Matt Barkley, who um, largely I think we expected based on money, um, but you know, to get a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, who first round draft pick, high, looking to reprove himself. It's I thought it was funny how there was some articles about learning from Josh Allen. Like that to me was like chef's kiss. Um, and then I think as we mentioned on the on our, in our private chat. Um, you know, for super Patreons who contribute $3,000 an episode. And, you know, um, we, we thought the fact that you could get anything for Lee Smith was pretty remarkable. Um, so those are my initial thoughts. Let me let me bring it to Paul first. Mm-hmm. Paul, go ahead. Um, added, re-signed, let go. Give me your surprises. Give me your impressions. And then, um, Scott, when you hear something that you want to argue with, just jump in and argue with Paul. We're going to try and just smack each other around a little here. Yeah, I think that's a good way to to approach it. And then I'll do this. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> this is a terrible way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Right on the right off the bat. Trubisky, yeah, decided he is going to use this as a reset year. Uh, he probably didn't think it was a good year to sign a, a long-term deal somewhere because his starter versus backup status is in jeopardy. It is a COVID year where, you know, we've seen some of the, the free agency paychecks handed out. Uh, have maybe not been what certain people were expecting because of the, uh, you know, current hit to revenue that the league took and the salary cap. So he's making a smart decision. Um, and for the Bills to be able to 
substantial nothing against Matt Barkley. He did fine. He did fine for who he was. I think fine is the exact right word for Mitch right. Trubisky. Yes. <laughs> or um uh, Matt, Matt Barkley. Barkley yes. Yeah. But Mitch Trubisky is a guy who started in this league. He's got uh he's had a very good record. You put good personnel around him. He has shown that he can succeed. Uh there's the sirens on cue in the background. Yes. And is a result of of that yeah, maybe he's not a viable starter anymore, but that's not the Bills' decision to make up. He, a 2017 top five pick, is going to learn from Josh Allen, a 2018 uh, top, top 10, 10 pick, yep. yeah. which is kind of, of funny how that's working, but that's this speaks great. And now, now, if, now if Josh goes down for any length of time, God forbid, instead of before where it's like, well, there goes a season, it's now it'll be like, well, that sucks, and I hope he's okay. We should at least be able to stay afloat. Emmanuel Sanders... Uh, I'll touch on him a little bit more than others too. He's put up great numbers and you look at his statistics from last year for being the age he is. But when you start to look at receivers in their age 34 or 35 season, the only ones I found, and I reviewed some of the greatest receivers in NFL history who continued to be really productive at that point were Jerry Rice and um, Terrell Owens. The rest all seemed to pretty well fade off by this point. That includes Randy Moss and Marvin Harris and so many other great names in the league. So it may not be fair to expect him to put up another 750 yard season this year. We're certainly not expecting him to be 2017 or 2016 Emmanuel Sanders. I think it might even be a stretch for him to hope for him to be 2020 Emmanuel Sanders, but he's a smart player. He's a, he's still a good, uh, a passable receiver. I think he'll help Gabriel Davis out as much as Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley up out. He'll help to fill that hole, uh, you know, opened by John Brown. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a substantial upgrade. Uh, Hawk was a surprise to, to me. I will briefly but, say on, on, on Sanders, I don't know. It strictly seems like a, I don't want to say, I don't want to call it a vanity signing, but like a, it seems very much like a Frank Gore two years ago, like, like for whatever reason, like Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have just a, a Joneson for some, <laughs> some veteran, NFL, veteran NFL leadership that they're going to pay overpay for and not get as much out of. I will let them do it. I will indulge them in this because so nice of it, you like, because <laughs> you know, they're, they've, they've managed to get the team, to the AFC championship game. So I guess they get a little, credit on some of this stuff but like yeah this this, this move does not make any sense they, they you know <laughs> paying this, three million dollars for a uh a, a fourth wide receiver who's 34 years old like i'm not really sure how that's helping the team that much okay so that that's what i was gonna was gonna ask you to answer directly because i thought let's stay on this for a second i was encouraged that the idea would be it's a one-year deal it's a it's a um you know, it's he's coming into the thing knowing he's not Stefan Diggs or Cole Beasley. Um, and if he's just there to push Isaiah McKenzie, you know, is it a is it a situation where, you know, you're looking at the A I understand exactly what Scott's saying, but I'm wondering if now that we're on the other side of the looking glass, so to speak, this is they're not looking at it as like, here's like the little piece of guy that's gonna get us over the top in the passing game. Here's a guy who is crafty enough to get open and do these things. And we think he just needs the right guy in Josh Allen. And if it, if it doesn't work out, well, it only costs us money. Did, did I that... this, I, no, I mean, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's, okay. it's $3 million. I, would you rather have a fourth wide receiver on this team or a fourth corner? 
Yeah, I think I'd probably want a fourth corner. You're probably right. Yep. I, I think million, would... you can get a much better fourth corner than Emmanuel Setters is at a fourth wide receiver. Well, that's the Billy Bean aspect, and I'll let Paul get back to the list. I, maybe they're hoping that he has some on-base percentage that is undervalued. Yeah, Paul has thoughts and wants to defend him. Yes, he should, and he should. And he, okay, good. Yeah, but no, no. I, this is this is how pod should, This is how it worked when we were all in the same room together. So I'm glad we're back to the old. I uh, talked about. I, sorry. Format. I talked about um, cutting the pizza into three equal slices. <laughs> I, I tried to explain that to somebody the other day about how we'd get one pizza that wasn't cut and try and figure out the best, most equitable way to cut it. Anyway, continue. Yeah. And the, it's, well, I, I want to acknowledge Frank's point because it's interesting before I ultimately, I think I agree with Scott, is that I like Brandon Bean or Billy Bean, excuse me, in the movie mm-hmm. Moneyball, uh, when he's talking to the uh, actor playing David Justice says, we are not paying you for the player you used to be. We are paying you for the player you are now. Mm-hmm. You know, a smart guy guy who they're hoping is going to catch 50 passes for 700 yards somewhere in that neighborhood or whatever they're hoping for exactly. Um, you know, that's that's totally fine to expect that. But I do have the concerns with Scott specifically about resource allocation. It was fine to overspend on a defensive line last year because it was so crappy in you know, because they were worried about how it was going to be in 2020 after losing some personnel and after not being exactly where they wanted to in the pass rush. And they could afford to have some failures. They could afford for Quinton Jefferson to suck. That was that was fine. They're now at the point where they're right up against the cap. They haven't paid Josh yet, and that's going to need a pretty penny starting at least in 2022, if not earlier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they have to be a little more careful here, and especially as they have some holes so I would have rather this money gone to someone else. But also, as Scott said, uh, they've gone to the FC Championship game. They've improved every season. These guys seem to have a good track record for the most part. So I would say in response to that, that a lot of the long-term money that they're signing is people that they already know and, and, and probably have some good feeling about. I'm really hopeful and believe that like yep. they have some sort of understanding with Josh Allen about how the next contract's going to go. And especially in combination with all of the hometown sort of contracts that people are saying the bills are getting right now. Um, I think there's an understanding with Josh Allen about what the appropriate number is, how they're going to be able to afford it, and when it's going to kick in. And so, you know, fingers crossed and, and knock on, on wood, like, I think that they they have that settled. It just hasn't been signed yet. And probably, you know, based on, you know, the new TV revenue and all that stuff and, and the new stadium, they're probably trying to get some of those other bigger ducks in the row and to keep these other people here and then you know, Josh gets the big payday. Yep. And oh yeah, and the stadium discussion we'll have later on we'll to talk about that. There was a meeting today, I guess, between the Pagulas or scheduled at least with the Pagulas and state officials on what the heck to do. Uh, but that'll be for later. Um, so free agency, the other one I, I want to mention is Matt Hawk, another guy with a good track record. Another left-footed punter, which I found interesting because so is Bajorquez. The Bills mm-hmm. seem to really like these left-footed guys. Maybe that is a uh, less chance of a block sort of attitude. I, I don't know exactly the logic that goes behind it. I'm sure someone can do the research on that. But I was surprised to see Bajorquez go. He had such a great year. Uh, he struggled a bit with kick holding early in the year, which doesn't seem important, but we saw, you know, it affected Tyler Bass in his rookie season early on. So we'll see. I hope this guy has a decent season, like uh, as, as good a season as Bajorquez did, where he, I think, led the league in gross punning and was in the top five or six or seven in net 
Uh, and then the last guy I'll devote any real time to is F.A. Obata, uh, another UK guy. And so he'll join Christian Wade as the UK Bills. So that'll be be good to have. He'll he he could ha- he had what five and a half sacks I think last year. So he mm-hmm. should be able to help complement this pass rush a little bit with the loss of of Quinton Jefferson. And they're hoping some of these veterans uh, who are turning with Hughes and Addison specifically, as well as uh, Vernon Butler, start to do things, and that younger guys like Ed Oliver and AJ Epinesa start to break through. We'll see if that pays off. Other additions I don't really want to go into too much because these are all you know. Maybe they make the team, maybe they don't. I don't think they're going to have significant impacts day in, game in, game out. Or I hope not, because that means there have been injuries or other unanticipated things. And so, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's really all I want to say for sure. But I have a feeling when one of you goes in, I will chime in on something else. Yeah, okay. yeah you're up next, buddy. I'll just talk. Um, I mean, I think the, the Matt Breida signing is interesting. I know he's kind of lost a step on some level. Um, from where he was as part of a kind of a good Niners running back kind of field uh, two, three years ago. Um, obviously, Tevin Coleman was part of that. They, you know, they had other guys that were, were there as well. But I think he might have a little gas left in the tank to help kind of um, maybe make one of the, obviously, Singletary be a little more expendable. I don't know that you get rid of Devin, but I think that's an interesting, at least now you've got some competition going into camp. I feel like you can go into the season with two of those guys. And then maybe another rookie or, or, you know, maybe you got two. And um, do we still have DeMarco on the team? I don't even know. I feel like no, he DeMarco's re- gone. Yes. Yeah, it was cut before last year and then he retired uh, about a month ago. Yeah. So, it, you know, it seems like, well, then maybe, maybe we go in with three. Uh, or maybe TJ Yeldon gets cut. And we want to bring him back um, just in a strictly kind of <laughs> pay, pay me to show up for practice role. Um, so. Uh, that I thought was uh, not a, not a bad signing for late in the period. Um, I also like the Obata signing. Um, I, I think the Hollister signing is a little tough just because it seems like that's a Josh Allen like I want to play with my old tight end signing a little bit, um, yeah. which which is fine. Um, but they, but they know, gave him a minimum. They gave him a minimal deal, like a, the minimum wage NFL deal, minimum veteran. Yeah. Minimum. Exactly. Like it's not, it's not terrible. Um, but I think tight end is a position that we could have upgraded. I think that's the concern. Like the theory is, is that Dawson Knox turns into the guy at some point. And I I think there's still a chance that that could happen. And the the light bulb fully comes on and he decides to catch all the balls that are thrown to him easily and catch the ones that are super hard. Um, but there's a chance that that doesn't happen in which case that's, I don't want to say a minus on the field, but it's certainly not, um, it's certainly league average at tight end, and that's and that's and then with no real depth behind him anymore with Smith right. gone and Croft gone. Um, so so having Hollister as like a willing blocker, like that's that's good. Um, but you know you can you can get guys who are a little better. And again, there, there's other ways to spend your money um, than some of these guys. I think bringing losing Inseki hurts a little bit. I feel like he was someone like I don't know why we felt like Bobby Hart was an upgrade, or maybe we felt like Inseki. I don't know what his deal was. In techies with Dallas, if he got more than the veteran minimum, but it seems like get, keeping the line and the backups together for continuity is worth a little premium sometimes. Um, except in the case of Winters, I think he can he can he can, he can go to hell. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that is not a, a big loss. I can't find Inseki's numbers, but I'll keep looking for it. Uh, I mean, and then yeah, I mean, I think. Oh, here one year, one point seven five million. So a little more than the vet minimum, but not much. Yeah, more. exactly, not much more. Like that to me, like I'm not really sure. Like that's that's a that's that's worth the the, the being a the, saving those pennies there. 
um, to potentially lose somebody who could come in and, and start and have good continuity with the rest of the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not, yeah. I mean, ultimately most of the deals that we've seen the last week have been kind of special teams guys and end of the roster guys, guys who are going to be depth. And, um, you know, you're, you're, if your season's coming down to them, you hope you made the right move, but you can't really, you're not going to, you're not going to know as much. You're not going to have as much resources. I'm not going to be able to criticize as much because I don't know as much about Markel Lee um, or, you know, Brandon Powell. You know, these guys are just, just, you know, they're just guys. They're yeah. Just these could be made up names and I would be like, sure. You know? Yeah. I think one of the things to keep in contact in, in, in mind here is we don't know what they're doing with the draft yet either, right? So so Scott's questions about tight end, I mean, I know I don't think there is a tight end option there, but maybe they think there is somebody. You know, maybe they think there is somebody that they don't have to pursue something. Or, you know, they certainly had an Antonio Brown esque uh, thing with JJ Watt where, you know, Okay, they clearly had an understanding that defensive end needs to be upgraded. Maybe they think it's you know Effa Odaba who who from what I remember would have led the Bills in sacks at five and a half uh, on an individual level. Um, you know, is going to be enough that it's not really a question of we need to do a lot. It's that we need to do a little. That's always a dangerous question and a dangerous position because you 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 know the Bills had an unusually healthy season. Um, last year, other than a few positions, um, yeah, just that, Milano and Brown are the only two I can think of. Right, and, and Edmonds, and Trin- Edmonds Trin- yeah, Edmonds was injured and didn't really do that. And then I think you, at the end, you could look at Cole Beasley and say the guy was playing yeah. on a broken leg. But um, you know, throughout the year, that's they they didn't you know they didn't lose a Dak Prescott right like and, and have their entire season tanked. Um, well, sort of tank because it was the NFC East and there was still amazingly a chance for them. Um, but, um, you know, so I wanted to pick at some of the other things. I think the one of the things about the Bajorquez release that, that um, tickled me was I don't think you could have asked for a better season from a punter. And I'm sure he would have cost more money. And I know they were at the time certainly penny pinching and they have a little money left. But. I mean, how much was he going to cost? I wonder if some of his issues, and this is pure just speculation, like it comes from nowhere. I've not done any research on this. I wonder if they think that some of Tyler Bass's kicking issues were Corey Bohorkas related. And because I, I seem to vaguely remember some issues with the laces being pointed wrong and other things. And maybe they look at Bahor, they look at Bass and say, well, we've got an excellent kicker. And what's more important to us is to get a guy who's really, who's going to be better at holding kicks, um, but can still reproduce 80 or 90% of what Bahorquist did last year. Um, and who knows if the offense keeps going, maybe they'll have a record number of low punts again. And, and that'll, that'll, that'll help Hawk. I, I kind of have a feeling like, it wasn't just a question of Bohorquez's cost because I think that he justified anything you'd want to spend on a punter. Anything that's reasonable for a punter, you would pay Corey Bohorquez based on last year. And they just sort of had some inkling that, like, it wasn't fully that. Um, By the way, I, I can't think Bohorquez is queuing on. Queuing on. <laughs> Stop it. That's always the answer. It's too I was close say- to home, Scott. It's too close to home right now, okay? 
<laughs> I want to leave it there. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. Uh, of course, anyway. Bohorquez, by the way, is still a free agent. So believe it or not, no one has jumped on a guy who led in the NFL mm-hmm. and gross punting. Mm-hmm. The problem is, yeah, mm-hmm. his issue, he's a punter. And my guess is he'll get into camp somewhere and, and probably win a job. That's what I think will happen. Because I think he is actually a decent punter, obviously based on how I've been talking about him. Um, Brandon Powell, I wouldn't be surprised if didn't even if he didn't even end up with the team, because I think there's a, a sense that Isaiah McKenzie might also return kicks. We'll see. Um, and Christian uh, Wade, which, by the Christian. way, we, we should mention, yes. this year was supposed to be the first year that he no longer had an exemption. This week, per Sal Capaccio, the NFL announced players can be on the uh, international exemption list for three years. So we oh, could go no. through the same dance with Christian again, but I really hope he's on the roster and yeah. running back. You know, it's funny you say that because I knew that this was the year that he was make or break for him and whether he was going to be I can't, I can't imagine he doesn't know enough now to do something right. <laughs> like he he either like there's no way like, OK, after the first year, maybe blocking assignments are hard for him and stuff like that. But with his speed and and, and whatnot, there's no you, you can't tell me he couldn't return punts or or, or kickoffs. Like, of course, he could. Um Right, he's been it's, practicing two straight seasons, and he's entering his age 30 year, which means he's getting to the point where his athleticism, his his incredible athleticism is going to be gone uh, sooner than later at this point. Although I don't know what the, 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 the shelf life for, for um, uh, rugby players turned football players is, because although they get hit plenty, I don't know that they they get hit like, you know, because they're not... They're not dressed like robots and smashing each other with metal and, and, and plastic all the time. So maybe he has a maybe he has a little more in the tank than than your your average Joe. But I I really hope I'll just say this about him because I wanted to ask the question about whether we thought he would make the team or not. Unless he's happy with it, unless it's a good paycheck and he's fine with the idea of like, OK, I'll, I'll stick around the bills one more year. I hope they either sign him or let him go. I hope they either say come be on the team and come do something or, you know, by all means, go back to England, play a little more rugby if you can. And cause I'm sure it's some, you know, one year was not a big deal. I think two years I would imagine is about the limit, you know, especially as, as Paul says, when you're turning 30, um, I'm, I'm impressed with the, the linebacker depth that they're signing. I think is a, a great idea. Um, especially with a guy like, uh, Lee and Adams, who, Adams, who I read has stepped into both special teams and middle linebacker roles. I think that one of the issues in the middle of the season was definitely, you know, trying to replace Matt Milano. And I don't think he replaces Matt Milano, but if he can step in and be the AJ Klein of middle linebacking and like he's kind of good at some of those things, that's a great signing for me because Klein, you know, AJ found his role, but he couldn't do everything that was needed. Um, good for Levi Wallace. I didn't think he was going to be back, um, to be honest, but they clearly see something in him and he had a couple of really good moments last, last year. So good for him. I am not really surprised by any of the people not resigned other than kind of John Brown. But one of the weird things I think about is how Josh Allen has spoken up for so many people. And I don't know that he didn't speak up for Josh Brown, John Brown, but I think if he had, I think that there must have been some – I don't think Josh Allen has the power to keep John Brown or not. But I think that Josh Allen has the, the ability to influence that. And I think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have to go to Josh Allen and have a really good reason as to why they're letting John Brown go. 
because I think that you have to convince a guy like Alan, like, we know you love brownie, we know you love smoke, but here's what we're going to do. This is why it isn't going to work. It's a contract thing. It's a money thing. You know, we want to get you your money. We've got good wide receivers somewhere else. And so I don't know if you've heard of this guy named Emmanuel Sanders. (laughs) Right. We we think Emmanuel Sanders. Right. They have to go to him and say, like, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be we think McKenzie's going to step up because, you know, that McKenzie's a good wide receiver. And we think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be like a different type of Cole Beasley, a guy who's available to get open and increase, you know, our ability to run down the field. And so, you know, I think that they have to sell him on something like that. I think that's what I only the point I wanted to make about Brown is like, I think he's in a position where. They're not going to cut Cole Beasley without him, right? They're not going to if, – if Josh Allen wants somebody, like say his old Wyoming tight end, provided the fact that it's like not an insane contract and it's it, like he's not like awful, then that happens. He might be there right now. That might be part of it where you say, okay, we're going to do this. So I, I think the signings are cool. I think that they, they fill in a lot of the corners and the the – the um, the edges of this Bills team, I think it, you know, certainly um, depicts confidence in their in their ability, what they think they are as a team. I think um, that they're probably right to approach it that way. Um, they certainly made overtures to to JJ Watt, and it sounds like Zach Ertz was going to cost too much. Um, but you know. I'm glad that I'm glad that we we aren't leaving the offseason without those stories, too. If there was like no J.J. Watt story and no, well, they wanted like two first round picks for Zach Ertz. So we weren't going to do that kind of stories. I I'd be a little more critical. But to me, they had a good team. Uh, They they still look better, certainly than the Jets. And and even with all that the Patriots have spent, they're probably still a better team than the Patriots. Um, the Dolphins certainly seem to be putting themselves into some turmoil, if not directly like in turmoil yet. Um, so I feel like they are still like a top AFC team. And yeah. and look, that, they have like they just traded some more, did some more draft pick trading. So they are uh, they're well set up for for this draft. I think so. I they're think going, that they're, they're going all in on Tua though. That's the yeah. thing. Well, they're we think. You know, well, they did good. They traded trade back to what a number traded six them pick? to six, which is out of the top top four, which is where the the, the big quarterbacks are. So you, you right. kind of got to wonder. And they were at three, so if they wanted one, they could have had it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the Auburn kid or bust probably for some teams. I think it's like if you if you're not going to get him, then I don't know. I, I that's the that's at least how the reporting sounds like. It sounds like if you're not in on on the Auburn kid. Um, then is it Auburn, right? He plays for, um, what's his name with the hair? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Or, Trevor Lawrence uh, plays for Clemson. Clemson. The other not. South Carolina, state. Alabama, the same difference. Perfect. Yeah, right. He, he's, Clemson is the, Clemson is the Auburn of Carolina, I think. Is that what is I'm. almost in the ballpark of a right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Clemson is in the ACC. Correct. Yeah, okay, I, I almost said SEC, and I said no. Hey. You're gonna, you're gonna really you go. show how terrible you are. Um, 
anyway, if it's not the if it's not him, then I think that there's some question about the the other quarterbacks because all the chatter's been about him. It's certainly not the 2018 draft where it's like, oh, do you want Rosen or whatever? Um, so I think that there's probably a, a little bit of um, hesitancy. But we, as we know, as we get closer to the draft, that will that will that will tick up. Um, the other th- thing that works in the Bills' favor, they're going to play an extra football game. And that football game is against the Washington football team, which I'll say they put up a surprisingly good effort against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I still think they're a bad football team. So I think that works for Buffalo in this this favor. Um, the NFL announced – my wife told me because it was such big news. They they put it on the, on the Today Show this morning um, that they were adding a 17th game. That 17th game um, will be a – extra crossover conference kind of game we get washington this year uh and yeah one fewer preseason game scott what do you think you excited uh, I mean, about I think, more I think, meaningful I think the, football i think we have to to make sure that it's not meaningful football for the bills because there's a, a young mr young mr ryan fitzpatrick late of uh i yes. believe a school just outside boston uh who is going to be very interested in sticking it to his former AFC East team. And uh, as we all, as we all know and experience, like there's nothing more dangerous than playing Ryan Fitzpatrick when he's got nothing to lose. <laughs> he can certainly yes. lose you that game, but he might just win it. And if you, if you have to play Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you have to play Ryan Fitzpatrick, play, play him when everything's on the line. And I love <laughs> Ryan. Like I've never loved a quarterback that, lost his in as many big games as he has for the bills but <laughs> i really do he's great i love him um but like if you have to play him in week 17 you want it to be for the nfc east <laughs> and yes. the playoffs you want him to be playing for the nfc east yes right yes he will blow it yeah. um yes if they've got nothing on the line and we've got something to lose that's well, a yes. right. Yeah, those, I think of the two Fitz finales when he was with the Jets against the Bills and the Jets were 10 and five and the Bills were crap. And all they had to do was beat Buffalo in the finale after already having beaten Buffalo earlier. And the Bills went out and they freaking beat them and swept them that season. And then I think of 2019 and Fitz was the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins in the last week. The Patriots have to win to clinch the number two seed in the AFC, which, of course, then was a bye in New England. And Fitz goes to New England, mounts a big last drive, and beats the Patriots, who dropped to a three seed and get knocked down in the first round that they shouldn't have even been playing in. So that is the epitome of, of Fitzpatrick. Yes. I, I, I don't know. Have either of you read if the – I mean, obviously the players' union had to approve this. Yeah, um, but they all hate it. They 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 kind of are doing it as uh, – I, I was reading a, a couple articles on it earlier. I felt like they – the players believed it was a foregone conclusion at some point this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they've been promised so much revenue from the next TV agreement, which is allegedly going to be like $74 trillion. Uh, yeah. It's, they were okay with adding a 17th game, but they're quite actually not okay with it. Like I've, I've not seen a single. It was either this player. or 18. So. Right. right. Yeah. Cause I know that they're like, obviously taking the, um, the, whatchamacallit, uh, the, the preseason game away, and that's good. And there's probably some like vague argument from ownership about like, well, we pay you for the preseason games too. So it's, but you know, there's I'm certain there's some feeling of like, well, I'm doing another game's work and I'm not getting paid for it. So 
I'm kind of getting the same pay I was doing. You know, if I if this was a building with 16 floors and now I have to clean the 17th floor and you're not giving me more money, like I, I don't know if it's worth losing my job over, but I feel like I can probably gripe over it. So, um, right. I, yeah, I mean, look at what the, the implications here. I mean, you've got increased injury risks because you've mm -hmm. added one extra game, one more chance for you to get hurt. Some other implications that are interesting, I thought, like a lot more records are going to fall. Like we're going to have a lot more 5,000-yard quarterbacks, some yeah. 2K running backs. I think we're finally going to have a 2,000-yard wide receiver the way the game is going. Um, I think it's also what's going to be is going to shorten the number of seasons I expect players will play uh, because you're going to have like a – I mean, not too many players play 17 seasons, but those that do, it'll probably not be 16 seasons because they'll play the equivalent of that right. over the course of time. And you lose the symmetry of the schedule, the 16 games with the – you know exactly who Which you're I playing. Which I always liked, right, yep. yeah. And then one Now there's thing definitely going to be like – Oh, well, you had to play Washington and we got to play Philly and Philly was, you know, 12 and four. And yep. so if it wasn't for that. Right. I, I always like the symmetry. Yeah. Right. And I think well, one thing it's funny that you mentioned Philly. I had like a snare on my head like you could have an absolutely scary bad team in the postseason. Like if the Eagles last year didn't decide to rest both of their relatively functional quarterbacks against Washington in the finale. And then each of the NFC East teams that had to play an extra game and assuming they would have lost. The NFC East champ would have probably been six and eleven yeah. uh, last year with this in place, and that would have been uh, absolutely insane. But I think that's gonna that's gonna happen at some points. So that's another negative implication. But hey, more football for us. Yeah. So us the consumers. Yes. <laughs> suck it, players. We we need the the help. Um, Highmark Stadium. What does Highmark do? It is a Blue Cross Blue Shield subsidiary, and I am so pissed at everyone on Twitter for my brilliant post yesterday uh, where I have Tommy Wiseau in the GIF saying, oh, hi, Mark, and saying that's why I assumed, I assumed they named the stadium um, from the room. Tweet. Yeah, mm. but no one, not even a single reaction, no engagement. But yes, it's Sorry. a Blue Cross Blue Shield subsidiary. If so. you'd like to engage Paul and tell him to get better at Twitter, it's at <laughs> MNY Bills. Well, at least we, the thing is, we got questions at least on Twitter. Oh, good. We, I, we didn't segment. post on Facebook. And if yeah. we did, too bad. I'm not reading any. Um, but let's go through our, let's go through. So, congratulations to the Bills that will, I, I'm hopeful that most of that money will go to Erie County workers um, who hopefully will be working in a, if not full, a pretty full stadium. So, yeah. anyway, go ahead. You know, per today, I guess, yeah, do we, we could, might as well get to listener questions. I was just going to mark on, you know, make the comment on the stadium. It'll be interesting to see how long the stadium is in place now that they've begun talks on either upgrading or replacing the stadium uh, as of today. Well, so we'll see how that goes. And yeah, if people are strongly passionate about the name of the stadium, you know, who cares? They're all named after corporations. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, listener questions. Uh, good one from. You know, we've had a couple of related things we talked about, so we'll go to Jesmond's first question, um, or second question. How fun is it going to be to see Fitz again next season? I, I think we recap that. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm hoping we're 15-1, and one, and it's the last game of the season, and Mitch Trubisky is starting, and Washington needs it for the playoffs, and then they can go ahead and win, and Fitz finally gets to start a playoff game. I have said, being a D.C. resident, uh, D.C. area resident, this is the most happy i will be for the washington like i am now kind of like almost ready to root for them as a second team like between the fifth signing and the name change and 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 some of the cleaning of house over there i've been sort of impressed with them as an organization so but snyder though 
Yeah, yes, that is Snyder's... open. And now he's just bought the bought the minority owners out too. So that's the one thing we could eventually, yes. like a year from now, being like, oh yeah, we hate DC again. Right. We hate the WFT. The WFT. Um, yes. Jasmine's other question. Uh, why is there no additional? This is a good question too. Why is there no additional bye week considering the extra game? Does the league not care about player health? Why did uh, the players' agreement, uh, players' association, not uh, get more input in the CBA? Are the answers money, no, and money? Uh, essentially, the bye week. I feel like they would want to have an extra bye week because you spread out the CBA. But you, then you spread out the season to 19 weeks. And I think yeah. that is probably the answer. You're then having to start in late August to finish at the same time right or eliminate a second play uh preseason game you could you could do two preseason games two bye weeks and 17 games and it would be the same amount of time but yeah i think they did two bye weeks once 94 somewhere around then and then hmm. they like that's just taking too long yeah and then yeah the league doesn't care about player health we know that uh and yeah it's it's all money money is usually the answer jasmine yeah they care about it up to exactly how much it costs them yeah. And then Stephen, I thought with a great question, uh, because if you, if you guys haven't looked at it, you got to think a little bit. Who will be the next addition to the Bills Wall of Fame? Hmm. I got to look up the Bills Wall of Fame for a second. Yeah. Go to the next question and then we'll that's, come back. That's it. Well, I, that's all the questions I got. Oh, well, OK. Yeah. Well, the Bills Wall of Fame includes. I will I will say the next person on the Bills Wall of Fame should be. Um, Alexander Hamilton. I don't think you can go wrong with Alexander Hamilton. He has a musical. Uh, he's on we've a already bill. done the Twelfth Man, Ralph Wilson, Tom Sestak, Patrick McGroder, Jack Kemp, O.J. Simpson, De- Albert DeBenyon, Mike Stratton, Ferguson, James Delamalier, De- Levy, Abramowitz, Kelsey, James Collins, Smurless, Kelly, Tally, Richter, Thomas Smith, Tasker, Reed, Ederson. Hanson, Polian, Gilchrist, Saban, Miller. Um, must be I mean, I out know. of the league. Must be retired. Yeah, Got to be retired and predominantly a bill. Um, and I, I know my answer, uh, but you know what? I'll let you guys have it. I want to say um, either Meatball, Kyle, Kyle Williams, or Aaron Schobel. I think those are lifelong Bills who people love. They played well. They were on bad teams. I guess the other guy I would put in there is Eric Moulds. In fact, I'm going to go with Eric Moulds. Yeah. Eric that, Moulds is a great wide receiver. Never got any, He's never going to get Hall of Fame recognition, but he, he was a Bill for his career, and he was excellent. Yeah. Only most Pro Bowls as a receiver for the Bills. Three Pro Bowls as a Bills receiver, second all-time to Andre Reid in every receiving, and by a ton. Like, mm-hmm. Moltz has 9,096 yards with the Bills. The next guy is Lee Evans with 5,934. His 48 TDs are second to Reid's. His, um, his receptions at 675 are also second to Reid's, and I think the next guy is at, like, 456, which is Thurman. Uh, so I think he's just so far and above, and I know there are a lot of wide receivers on the wall, but I mean, he was great. I, yeah, Eric Moulds is, is definitely one who, you know, I was a fan of, certainly uh, a good player. I, I think I think probably deserving. I'd probably put think about Ruben Brown yeah. as a guy who made yeah. a lot of Pro Bowls. 
was definitely yeah, oh, good. yeah that's a really good one you know uh you know a long time bill i think played his whole career for the bills um i think he ended with the bears but yeah you're still looking at he spent mostly nine so did seasons thurman with thomas the, finished with the dolphins so everything's you can finish right. with the yeah, a lot of people yeah, nine seasons with the bills for reuben brown the last eight were pro bowl seasons and he started every single game every year except one year where he only made 15 games and 15 starts yeah, I think I think those are I think those are both solid options. Yeah, when you get into two thousands, the the picking does get slimmer. Uh, Kyle is one that I think people will like. Um, I think in a couple of years you're going to get some people, especially given his current role. Eric Wood is going to start getting some uh, votes. Yep. Yeah, um, I think uh, Brian Mormon. Do you think uh, Brian Mormon, Mormon is one? It? You stole okay. it. Mormon. I think Fred, Freddie's and probably going to be in there. Freddie Fred Jackson. Oh boy, Fred Jackson. I think Stevie. I think Stevie's at the edge of that because Stevie did play a few places and they, we did love him here, but like he kind of had two, two ish good seasons with the bills. Yeah. And that's kind of it. I kind of have an off season discussion on would, would did Stevie Johnson help make Ryan Fitzpatrick or did Ryan Fitzpatrick help make Stevie Johnson? But mm-hmm. that's too much to go into in this. If, if Stevie's on the wall of fame, then you got to put like, then like Lee Evans is on the wall of fame. Right? Yeah. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's yeah. on the wall and like, yeah, you know, like at that Ryan point. Just, yeah. It's yeah. Where the, the other thing with the Wall of Fame, though, it's it's better than the WWE Hall of Fame, but it is a little <laughs> like the WWE Hall of Fame that it's a kind of about like, well, who do we just kind of want to honor? Like, as long as it makes remote sense, like Coco, Coco Beware can be in the WD, you know, WWE Hall of Fame, um, even though he was like essentially like a jobber with a name for many years. <laughs> um, it just sort of was like, well, you know, it's something we can do to help pay our vets. And if it's like, okay, we want to do good by this veteran of the team, we can we can honor right. him with this. It's kind, of, it's kind of like the Phil Hansen recognitions. Like, yeah, you, you yeah. spent 11 seasons with the team. You were well like, oh, you were a good player. Hey, you had one 10 sack season in there. Yeah. But you were you were never the guy. You were never like the game breaker. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to this day in Bill's headlines because we uh, we should do that, and then we should. Uh, we should, well, afterwards, we should have a talk about when we're going to podcast again, because I realize the draft is probably pretty soon. Yeah, four weeks. We got some time. Oh, okay, good. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So it is March 31st today. We have 10 trivia questions. The first thing I want to do before I give a trivia question, though, is a headline from 2018. Uh, we call it a lot of bad takes, so I wanted to call it a good one. It says, Buffalo Bills and our deal fit for Wyoming QB Josh Allen, says Bucky Brooks. Uh, well, the team that wants him most, I would think, would be the Buffalo Bills, said Brooks. And the reason why he would be a good fit there is because I'm talking about him being wired the right way. Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, they've created a culture in Buffalo where they're just going to go to work. Josh Allen strikes me as a guy that can fall in line with the premise. He wants to be a great player. Put him in the locker room with these people. They surround him with the right stuff. He could be a guy that could be a long-term fixture at the position in Buffalo. So, so Bucky Brooks, even though you were a bust of a draft pick for the Bills, I'm glad you were correct that that was not a bust of a pick for the Bills. All right. 2017. Speaking of busts, three reasons Bills should draft Pitt QB blank. Blank led the Panthers' highest scoring offense in program history as a senior in 2016, an attack that put up 40.9 points per game. He led the ACC in passer efficiency uh, and had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. The great Nathan Peterman. The great Nathan Peterman. Uh, There's also another headline that week: Texas Tech QB Mahomes, an intriguing prospect for the Bills. Uh, but that's that's neither here. That's nor there. the one that Terry Pagula passed around the office, and everyone's like, "Okay, Terry." <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, 
Anyway. Uh, so, but hey, we our quarterback got more MVP votes than Patrick Mahomes did this year. All right. 20, another 2017 headline. Buffalo Bills coach thinks blank has all pro DNA. Blank had the setback last year, McDermott said, but I know blank from tape in college and what he can do. We'll start with the middle linebacker position really is where we see him. And what innately comes with that position is leadership skills. I know that his character really, he possesses those leadership skills against lined up, be the antenna, so to speak, of the defense. Wait, is 2017? Yes. So before Tremaine. Before Tremaine. Uh... Here's a... Because if we don't get it in the next like five seconds, I'll give the big hint that it'll seal the deal. Seal it for us. All right. Uh, McBean, which is what we'll call McDermott and Brad Bean, mm-hmm. would trade him before he ever played a snap for the Bills. He signed with the Giants for this season. He played with Detroit last year. And before that, he'd spent three years uh, with the Chiefs, where he went from a, a starter to a role player by the end of his tenure, though he did play nearly oh, half of the oh. snaps. Reggie Bowl. Ragland? Reggie Ragland. Very good. The Ragster. I went down the rabbit hole and found that they uh, used the pick they got for Ragland uh, in the trade uh, to move up and get Dawson Knox. So that's kind of interesting. All right. 2016. Um, I'm hopefully you guys guessed this just for the player's pride. All right. Bills signed tackle blank. Blank joined the Bills midway through the 2015 season from the Detroit Lions practice squad, going on to appear in 10 games while starting five. The six foot five, 316 pound Louisiana Tech product originally entered the NFL as a fifth round draft pick of the Bears in 2013. Blank spent both of 2013 2014 with Chicago, starting all 29 games he appeared in. He will have every opportunity to battle with Chantrell Henderson for the starting right tackle job, and at this point should be used as a slight favorite to win the job. Eric Pears? No, no, we're post Pears. Post Pears. Pears. I will say uh, he did win the job. In fact, he would start every single game at right tackle for the Bills for the next three seasons. So that's 48 starts. Hmm. 2016 through 2018. Marshall Newhouse? Nope, nope. He played a few games with Arizona in 2019. He didn't play a game in 2020, but interestingly enough, he was on the Ravens practice squad in the playoffs when they played the Bills. Man, I guess... uh... Yeah, I'm I said good, I, I'm I'm not, I feel like this could be a, this might be a stumbling one. Like I said, I feel mainly bad for the player that he started 48 games at right tackle for the Bills as recently as three years ago with the last ones, and we're all like, Pfft. yeah, I feel no, I feel bad, but yeah, yeah. put him out of his That's, misery, Paul. All right, yeah. Jordan Mills. Jordan Mills. Yeah. All right, 2013, Bills signed QB blank to two-year deal. The deal is expected to be worth a maximum value of about $13 million, which makes Blank the clear favorite over incumbent seven-year veteran Tavares Jackson in the Bills' QB competition. Blank spent the past two seasons in Arizona, where injuries hampered his opportunity to prove himself as a starter after the Cardinals gave him a new five-year, $65 million contract. Uh, McCown? Did we sign McCown? Kevin Kevin Good job, Scott. And then he smashed his head in the preseason. Yep. Slipped on a mattress, too, in the preseason. He had a rough preseason, and that was it for his career. Yeah. Uh, 2010, Bills re-signed cornerback blank. The four-year veteran appeared in 11 games for the Bills last season, making one start against Atlanta in Week 16 when he posted a season-high four tackles and a pass breakup. 
He was drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the third round of the 2006 draft out of Ohio State. Ashton Yabuti. Yes. Frank yeah. Gosh. I got it on Ohio State. I had a he lot of my, He is my go-to Ohio State cornerback. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you guys would get that because then my next clues were all Badgers-related clues since he was the uh, Badgers senior defensive analyst for a number of seasons until uh, he just left to coach a small team. All right. 2006, Bengals agreed to a contract with ex-Bill Blank. Financial details of the contract were not yet available, but sources said Blank can make about $4 million in 2006 if he reaches certain playing time and performance levels. Blank turns 33 in June and is looking to bounce back from a tough season in Buffalo in which he was one of the few impact players who escaped injury. Ron Edwards, the other tackle, went down with a season-ending injury, as did Pro Bowl linebacker Takeo Spikes. Pat Williams, his tag team part in the middle, left three you kind of broke up there at the end there Paul. yeah yeah he got run over by a truck sorry yeah, yeah. sorry all right uh pat williams is tag team part in the middle left in free agency ex-coach ex-coach mike malarkey's decision to use blank as a backup in the second half of the season left many perplexed including blank pat williams and i'm, I'm gonna, gonna say, say i think kevin ahead. williams was gone by this point I'm going to say Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Yay. All right. You guys are doing pretty well today, except for poor Jordan Mills. Makes feel even worse for him. All right. 2004, Blank elected president of Players Union. Bill's cornerback Blank was elected. Troy Vincent. Yes. Wow, that was. Crushed. Get out of here. Oh, you left that over the plate, Paul. I know. He just, Howie Kendrick me on that one. That was. He just Jose Batista threw the bat in disgust <laughs> that you even would dare throw that at him. Yep. I had four bullet points of hints, all useless. <laughs> all right. 2003, blank back with the Bills. Fullback blank is returning to Buffalo as he has agreed to terms on a contract with the Bills. Blank was with the team in 1998 and 99 and was a Pro Bowl performer during his previous tour of duty with the team. Sam Cash. Sam Gash. Yeah. Uh, Gasher Centers. Yep. I and the, the, the next sentence was last year, Larry Centers was <laughs> last year's star. Larry Centers was released. So, yeah. All right. Two to go. This is, could be the quickest segment ever of this. Uh, 1994, <laughs> Bill's youth movement marches on with Blank's departure. Yeah. And saying Kurt goodbye. That <laughs> yeah, was 94. Yeah. Uh, in saying goodbye to free safety blank Wednesday, the Buffalo Bills have lost yet another experienced member of their secondary. Mm. In the past two months, the Bills have lost seven-year cornerback Nate Odoms to free agency, released seven-year cornerback Kirby Jackson, and traded four-year deep cornerback J.D. Williams to Arizona. Now strong safety Henry Jones and cornerbacks Mickey Washington, Jerome Henderson represent the veteran core of Buffalo's defensive backfield, each with only three years of NFL experience. The only name I didn't hear was Mark Kelso. And that would be the name. Yes. And this one, this last one is a gimme. So congratulations in advance to you guys. And uh, make sure to apologize <laughs> to Jordan. <laughs> really just, the only bit, one so. you did not <laughs> get was Jordan Dan Mills. All right. So 19, 1982. Blank star still rises on the right. Blank concedes that when he first came to Congress a few years ago, he wasn't taken seriously by fellow congressmen or the press. 
New York congressman can make this concession with a laugh these days as he did over breakfast March 30th, for he is well aware that his political probation period is long since passed. Blank is riding high politically from quarterback of the Buffalo Bills to president of the United States. Just fears back that would brought laughter in Washington. No one is laughing today. Ex-U.S. Senator Jack Kemp. Jack Kemp would be correct. He was, back, he was a congressman way back in 82. That is nine out of ten guys. Uh, fuck you, Jordan Mills. Jordan Mills. And, yeah, that was this day in Bill's headlines for March 31st. Wow, that was a great segment. Well done. And uh, we're just over an hour, so we're going to we're gonna close it here. We'll, we'll, we'll do something for the draft uh, when we get there. Um, as I said earlier, MNY Bills on Twitter. B Bills MNY on Facebook. Uh, you can search Buffalo Bills. Maybe next year you'll find us. We'd love to hear from you. Pass this podcast around. Um, it's fun talking about the Bills and not feeling like we have to hang our hopes on like something dramatic happening. I feel like it's nice to be in don't fuck up free agency mode. <laughs> and I don't think anybody thinks that they have short of like something strange happening. So that's kind of a it's kind of a different kind of nice thing to have an off season that's not uh, we're we're not dreading. Um, so until that next podcast, thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. <laughs> A very tired Scott. Good night, everybody. <laughs>